Hello, welcome back to the sixth episode of the Triborough Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Alonzo. I'm joined by my suicidal co-host, Nick O'Brien. That's How are me. you doing? Not good. Not good? We'll talk about it in a few, but not good. Not, not good? No. But we look, we changed where we are. We changed where we are, yes. Um, we're experimenting. We are experimenting. Um, part of that was like the audio. We also just want to have like a better setup overall. So, so let us know what you think. Definitely let us know, yeah. But um, yeah, um, um, I'm not doing okay. You're not doing okay? But we'll talk about that in a few. Um, yeah, just going to go over the series recaps of the yep. Yankees. 2-1 series win over the Phillies and the um, the, the 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 series the, the Mets played. It's really weird because the Mets had like three days off. They did. Was well, it? It could be four. It's yeah. It now it's gonna, gonna be, be four. four. It's it's so it's, it's really, really weird, weird how MLB made their schedule. But goddamn Rob Manfred. We'll talk about it. I yeah, guess it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. Um, yes, just one note. Definitely. No Manhattan this week because no. we're gonna be doing like that every other week. Yes. And. One thing I want to talk about in the intro, just because I thought it was such a great story, Liam Hendricks beat cancer. Yes, I thought that was I just, saw that. That doesn't have to do with the Yankees or Mets, but I just but thought that was such like a good story. Yes. That like we should like at yeah, least mention no, definitely. it. Like, I like a, that. It, it, it's a it's a pretty big story. I'm yeah. just around baseball in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Liam Hendricks is one of the more dominant closers. More and more likable guys too. He's hilarious. Yeah, I when love he's, him. Like, up. When he's mic'd up and he he does not Mother- censor <laughs> he does not censor himself at all, which is great. But no, it's really great to Dude, see. I remember what was it, twenty nineteen? He was dropping f bombs when he was mic'd up during the All Star game. Yeah, he was even doing that. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah, but no, it's really great to see. Just for you know, forget about him coming back to the mound. Mm. Just for him as a person, yeah. really happy for him. Mm. But he, the White Sox must be ecstatic as yeah. a baseball team, and I'm ecstatic since he's on my fantasy team. Mm. So Liam, come back strong. I'm rooting for you. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, yeah, uh, no. I think but, really. Um, but um, yeah, no, I just I got out of PT and I just like went on my phone. I checked Twitter just to because that was during the game today, the yeah. beginning, like you know, and the first thing I saw was Liam Hendricks just ringing, ringing the, the bell. bell. So yeah. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, so I just no, figured that cool. definitely should be mentioned. Oh, and definitely. Yeah, I we're like gonna it. start with um. We'll start with um the Mets' weird three days off. Yeah. So it's uh, gonna be a lot. To, not a lot. To not talk not about. a lot to talk about. But uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see you in Queens. We'll get into it. Now entering Queens. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Queens. It's um, been a very weird week. Mm-hmm. Uh, three days off for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, if we had three off days, why were you like, why were you like, um, reacting to stuff? I was watching other games. You're watching other games? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you were caring about the Cubs, uh, Cubs Reds. The Cubs Reds. You were Reds really going game, crazy yes. on that. I was very, very, very um. Very into it. Very into it. Very mm-hmm. passionate about the Cubs. Anyways. Um, getting into it. First off, brought to you by Triborough MD, the injury report for this week. Um, so Tommy Hunter, who we'll talk about in a few, uh, on to 15-day IL for back spasms. Um, you know, he's dealt with back issues in the past, mm-hmm. but this might be a case of a phantom IL stint, but I'll talk about that in a few. Can I just cut you off for a second? Go ahead. If you hear us say... 10 and 15 day IL at different points. That's because pitchers go on a 15 day IL, hitters go on a 10 day. It's just a way to like, because how it used to be is that you could just kind of manipulate it where like if you want to give them like a rest for a start or two, you could just put them on the 10 day IL, then they miss one start and then they're back. So right. that's kind of just a way to like not be able to manipulate that. But, right. continue. but regardless, 
Uh, next up, Bryce Montes to Oka was transferred to the 60-day. Uh, like I mentioned last episode, he did have Tommy John earlier, so he's going to be out for the year. So 60-day IL um, frees up a 40-man roster spot, which they then used on Denny Reyes, a uh, right-handed pitcher. He came up in relief uh, in the second game. That definitely happened. Um, but then next one, which is a bit more... I guess, up there on the importance scale. It kind of sounds mean, but Brett Beatty. Um, he left yesterday's game due to right thumb discomfort. So uh, he took a swing, and he kind of just was a bit late to get back to the box, kind of like waving his hand around, shaking his hand off. Um, so they did testing today. Uh, thankfully, no structural damage. Um, but there is right thumb inflammation, so he's day-to-day. Obviously, he's still in the minors, so this is still minor leagues. Um, but important to note, he did have UCL surgery on that right hand last mm-hmm. season when he came up. Um, so looks like he'll be fine, but just something to keep an eye on, kind of keep in the back of your head. So he did have surgery on the hand, mm-hmm. but it might just be his thumb. So see if thumbs up, maybe we'll be okay. And hopefully he'll be in the majors soon. I could, I'll, I'll talk about that in I a could few. give like a silver lining. What? It may almost be... You may almost take this injury because he's out for a little bit. Say he gets, because personally me, I think they're doing like the whole service time manipulation game with him. Um, it may be better that he has this because say right. that he tears his ACL, you know what I mean? Or like oh, some like yeah. a drastic injury would have happened right. instead. Yeah. So it's like this isn't that concerning, but it is definitely something to monitor, like you said, because like right. old surgeries and all that. Yeah. So I'll talk about him in a few, but um, then next up, uh, earlier today. A couple hours ago, um, Justin Verlander had some more imaging. Uh, did show reduced inflammation in that Therese Major strain, that fake muscle that he apparently strained. But um, Professional he, medical opinion, not yes, a real muscle. not a real muscle. It doesn't exist. Um, but, no, he'll continue to throw, so he's making progress. Hopefully we'll see him soon. But um, that's it for the injury report. Um, so the Mets did play games, but they might as well have been off. They had their three-game set with the Milwaukee Brewers, and nobody decided to show up. Well, Dennis Santana did. Dennis Santana. We love you, Dennis We love Santana. you. He had a scoreless appearance, so thank you for that. Cause, that was it. Because scoreless appearances were rare to come by in this series, I guess. Not for the, not for the, not Brewers. For the Brewers. Not for the Brewers, though. But um, I guess we'll get into it. They did get swept, so this is going to be... Therapeutic not, for, for yes, Mr. Ryan. Yes, this is not going to be a fun episode to record for me. But regardless, game one. Carlos Carrasco, Freddy Peralta. Oof. Not great. Carrasco went four innings, four hits, five run runs, four walks, four strikeouts. Silver lining, there was not a lot of hard contact. Um, you know, He didn't help himself with the four walks. But after the third inning, his velocity dropped a couple of ticks. He was averaging like 91, 92 on his fastball. By the time he ended, he was averaging like 89. Mm. So that's definitely concerning. As much as Buck or Carrasco himself would kind of shove it off, I was like, oh, it's nothing, you know, ramping up again. I'm, that's extremely concerning. Do you think that could be a pitch clock thing? Yes. I'll, I'll, after the whole summary, I'll kind of talk about that. Um, So yeah, he let up five runs, and then Tommy Hunter came in to pitch. He also let up 
five runs in two innings pitched. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, he is now on the IL. He did pitch two innings. He did not look great. That's why I'm thinking maybe a phantom IL stint just to get a fr- fresh arm mm. in the pen. Um, but, yeah, he's on the IL. Freddie Peralta. Um, Can I explain something really quick? Oh, go ahead. The reason why that they would put him on the IL instead of just, like, say, sending him down, even if it's, like, a thing regardless of options, the way it works is you could only call a pitcher up 15 days into the season. Like, you have to wait those 15 days unless it's for an injury. Right. So they would have had to wait how much, like, 10 more days? Right. Eight more days, something, something like, like that. that. So, like, right. this is kind of a way to, like, get around that. Yeah, it's like get... a, a loophole, I guess. Yeah. But um, Freddy Peralta, Mets kind of had him on the ropes in the first inning. He had second and third of two outs. And uh, McNeil popped up and ended the inning. But then after that, he settled right in, going six scoreless innings, only letting up two hits, zero earned runs, three walks, and seven strikeouts. They had him early, or they could have had him early, but they didn't get to him, and he settled right in like it was nothing. But quickly, just for the scoring summary. All right, game two. Uh, that was it. Uh, overall, this game was horrible. The Mets had three hits the entire game. Uh, I believe two of them came from Yorme. Uh, and one of them came from someone else. Mm-hmm. They did not look good. Carrasco did not look good. Tommy Hunter did not look good. This, they lost, I'm sorry, I didn't even say. They lost 10 nothing. Carrasco, I am very concerned about Carrasco. Mm-hmm. It could be a pitch clock thing. He did have trouble with it in spring training. You know, he is on the older side, kind of te- teaching a dog, an old dog new tricks type of thing. And also just but, a thing of, like, with those older guys, they typically need more time in between pitches to, like, rest, really right. get back to that 100%. Right. So his veloc- the velocity dip does concern me. Um, you know, like you said, maybe it is just, yeah, he couldn't really catch his breath. Um, maybe maybe he's just not, he just doesn't have it anymore. No. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it is his first start, so. You, you give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you give him the benefit of the doubt, but, um. It's definitely something I'm concerned about, and it's definitely something I want to keep an eye on. Um, he kind of just hit a wall after that third inning. He kind of mm-hmm. just, again, an 89-mile-per-hour fastball. No, that's, you're not going to do much like of that. That's like a tick higher than BP. Right, you're not going to do much of that. No. The one thing I did want to say, and I'm curious, because I think the Mets are going to do this at one point, especially with Verlander, Carrasco, Scherzer. I know the Yankees have kind of been using mound visits as loopholes. Right. Around like the pitch clock to just like give the pitcher the breather, yeah. Let them get back. I think the Mets are gonna start doing that. I'd they watch out for that. Probably should. Um, I feel like un- kind of not necessarily. I'm against it, mm-hmm. but someone like Scherzer might be against it, where he's like in the zone, mm-hmm. kind of like if if Jeremy Hefner tries to come up, you kind of look at him like back off. Like I got I like it. That would almost help though, because you're giving him like ten seconds to breathe. Uh, and you're also getting pissed off. True. Maybe, maybe. But um again, this this game the Mets did not come to win. This they com- got completely outplayed. They got outhit, they got outpitched, they got outbaseballed by yeah. the Brewers. They looked completely lifeless. It was an absolutely pathetic, pathetic. What's the Brewers mascot's name? 
I have no idea. But well, his he his, got he got more. Uh, yeah, his he back played must baseball be hurt. better. Yeah, his back must hurt from going down that slide all the time. If you guys don't know the Brewers celebration for hitting home runs, their mascot goes down a little slide. He he was going he was going down quite a bit. He definitely in the series. got he definitely threw up because of how dizzy he got. He, he must have. But again, it was an absolutely pathetic showing by the Mets. But don't worry. It gets worse. Yeah, it gets worse. Game two, Max Scherzer versus left-handed pitcher Wade Miley. Already a red flag. Max Scherzer, five innings and a third, eight hits, five earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts. His velocity also dropped a tick. Not as much as Carrasco, but like 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3, mm-hmm. 0. 0.5. So I'm more willing to write that off. And kind of like how Carrasco, Carrasco hit a wall in the fourth inning, Scherzer hit a wall in the sixth inning, just like he did in opening day. Mm-hmm. So again, I think this is probably a pitch clock thing. Um, Scherzer, Carrasco, all you older guys, get on the treadmill. You're going to have to work on the cardio a little bit, it seems. But he looked like he just hit a wall. Mm-hmm. He, was, he couldn't locate his fastball. He was hanging, breaking balls left and right. That's how they went. The Brewers went back to back to back on Max Scherzer on three separate hanging breaking balls. Was it three straight pitches or was it? No, oh. I think there's a few pitches in between, but still, he was hanging ball, he was hanging breaking balls mm-hmm. left and right. No, and no we're not gonna, we're not gonna. No, we're just gonna look okay. past it. And he could not locate his fastball. Mm. He, again, like Carrasco, he did not look good. Uh, Brooks Raley came in later in the game. He also imploded because, of course, he did. He pitched an inning. He gave up four hits, four runs, no walks, one strikeout. Nine runs between two pitches, and five of them came from the guy you're paying $43 million from. The guy who's... And the other guy is one of, like, the bigger moves you made to help the bullpen yes, in the offseason. Yes, because, God forbid, the Mets sign a lefty. They traded for Brooks Raley from the Rays because he's a great left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. and he blows up. No. I'll Never trade with the Rays. Never trade with the Rays. He looked good in the past appearances, but... Just like everybody, I guess, that, that was just the theme for this series. Everyone looked like crap. Mm-hmm. But I'll talk about it more once I get through the summary. Wade Miley. Six shutout innings. Outdueled Max Scherzer. These Mets cannot hit lefties for the life of them. I, I will say Wade Miley... Doesn't throw gas. He's like a very. He's one of those guys a lefty that can. Cranky. Yeah, he's one of those guys that can get away with an eighty-nine mile, mm. mile per hour fastball because he has nasty breaking stuff. The Mets were in front of everything. They were early on the curveball, early on the slider, and then they they weren't ready for the fastball. Wade Miley completely fooled these Mets, and they made them look absolutely unprepared uh real quick uh scoring summary for the mets so that's how the mets did that game overall another horrible performance all around from the mets from pitching to hitting uh even a couple defensive misplays i I'll give McNeil the benefit of the doubt because his leg got caught up in some grass. Mm-hmm. Eight hits, which is better than three, 
Six of those came from Nimmo and McNeil. Nimmo had three, McNeil had three, all three singles. All eight hits were also all singles. Mm -hmm. So you're just hitting singles throughout a nine-inning game, eight times, not doing anything with it. So two other guys besides McNeil and Nimmo got hits. Again, Mets lost nine-nothing. And you're paying Scherzer $43 million. He blew up in the wild card. His opening day outing was not great, but not bad by any means. He went hmm. six innings, three earned runs. You're paying this guy $43 million, and he's talking about the pitch clock like, you know, I'm going to use it to my advantage. I'm going to use it for this. I'm going to use it for that. And now it looks like he's having issues with it, mm -hmm. which I know he's publicly said he doesn't like. He likes the pace everyone's going at. He doesn't like the clock itself. Mm -hmm. He likes the pace, doesn't like the clock. So for a guy who likes playing mental games, I think the clock is getting in his head. Mm -hmm. I think he just, he's having issues with it. I feel like a lot of guys, a lot of our pitchers, a lot of the older guys are having issues with it, which I get. It's new. It's going to take some time to adjust, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. But you just got to adjust. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm, I don't want to be that guy, like, just deal with it, but you got to. Like, Sink look, or swim. Right. It's, look at, like, these times of games, like, two and a half hours, more offense. You, you want to help grow the game. You want to help make baseball popular again. This is helping. So you just got to deal with it. Yeah. You got you to learn. You got to, what, you want to fix your pregame routine? You want to fix how you pitch throughout the game? I don't care. Figure it out. That's where it comes down to. I You're getting paid forty three million dollars. Use some right. of that to hire someone like a mental coach to right. like help mental you. Mental coach, I don't know, get like the best new treadmill on the market. Figure it out. Mm. Like I'm sorry. Scherzer is a great pitcher. He's competitive. I love to see that. Figure it out. Yeah. There was something interesting. I'm kinda just gonna allude to it and I'll talk more about it in the Bronx. He it's almost like him and Cole swapped what Cole did last year to start right. with, like, the mind games and stuff. I'll get yeah. more into that later, but that almost, like, you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. I, but, again, it's just no offense once again. I, I, I said it last episode. They were going to get shut out by Wade Miley because he's a left-handed pitcher, and the Mets just disappear when there's a lefty on the mound. On to game three, where they, let me just say, they faced, 2021 Cy Young winner, Corbin Burns, one of the better pitchers in the game. He also had a really good year last year as well. He did. He did. But um, talk about him in a little um. bit. David Peterson pitched this game. He went four innings, five hits, five earned runs, five walks, five strikeouts. Fives across the board. He could not control time. anything, especially his arm side fastball. What I mean by that, an arm side pitch for a lefty, he was missing outside to righties, inside to lefties. So kind of like where his arm throws, it's kind of just staying straight, not to moving. the left side of the box. If you're looking at it from the yes, pitcher's if mound. if you're watch if you're watching the game, you're looking from the pitcher's mound. He's he's missing to the left side. He could not control his fastball. Hmm. It was going outside. It was going up. It was going down. He it shows five walks in four innings. Mm -hmm. I mentioned it how many times in last episode and the episode before that and the episode before that that peterson's issue was his control and it showed today yeah um the bullpen 
wasn't great either in this game. I mean, Drew Smith gave up the lead. Um, I know they had a lead. Let, let me just Didn't preface they have that. Two? They had two. Yeah, they did. They had two leads. They blew both. We'll get into that when when I get into the scoring summary that actually happened this time. Drew Smith gave up the lead to fan favorite Jesse Winker. Of course he did. And then Wait, what's your fantasy team's name? My, my fantasy team is uh, Jesse Winker Fan Club. Mm-hmm. I do like him as a player. I, I think he's, he's a good player. He's going to have a nice bounce back year. But if he cannot, just if he could just not hit against the Mets, that'd be pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, and then Buff decided to use Robertson in the eighth inning mm. for the bottom of the order. David Robertson, who is your now closer, you're using him in the eighth inning. And I know the Brewers have been hitting these pitchers around silly in this series, but you're using your closer in the eighth inning for the bottom of the order. I would be okay with it if it was the top of the order, but are you kidding me? You're using him in the eighth inning, in the bottom of the order, when you have a game within reach? And then It was you, tied, right? It was tied at that point. Then he brought in Adovino for the ninth, and guess what? Walk-off home run to Garrett Mitchell. I don't understand that reasoning. He said after agree. he said after in the in an interview, like post game, whatever, he doesn't want to pitch guys back to back days because so many games. Adovino pitched the day before. Yeah. So you don't want to pitch guys back to back days, but you want to pitch Adovino? You had Steven Nagosik up at one point when Peterson was struggling. So why couldn't you bring in Steven Nagosik after Peterson? Mm-hmm. Make him go two innings. Then you could bring in Drew Smith, who hasn't pitched. Then you have Robertson. So you say you don't want to pitch guys back-to-back days, and then you bring in Adovino, and he gives up a he gives up the the game essentially. Yeah. So I don't understand that. And it's also a that. thing of out of the two of them, David Robertson is a lot more reliable. Adovino has like a tendency to like just give up a home run randomly, but right. Robertson's not going to give up that home run. Yeah. He's a lot more reliable right. in that sense. And with Adovino's stuff, it's not that hard for him just to hang a slider. That happens right. so many times for the Yankees. Right, and Garrett Mitchell's a left-handed hitter, and he throws a slider down and in. What's, what's, tell me, what's the number one rule when you're pitching to left-handed hitters? Don't, if you're a righty, don't throw down and in. And he threw down and in, and Garrett Mitchell crushed just, it. If you want a visualization, watch Tiger Woods' highlights with his driver. That is what happens when you throw down and in as a righty to a lefty. Yeah. So, I don't get it. Um, I'm not a fan of the decision-making in this game. But, um... But, um... Again, like I said, Corbin Burns pitched this game. Cy Young candidate. Six runs in four innings. But you couldn't touch Wade Miley. Yeah. I hate when I'm right. I, like, don't know who to blame. Like, that, the game today, you blame it on pitching. 100%. But the other two games, I don't know who to blame it on. Everybody. Because, no, but I'm saying if you had to pick If you had to pick somebody. I don't know. I would say offense. But at the same time. The pitching gave up 19 runs in two games. Because it's a thing of, as the offense, you got to score and keep up with the pitching. But if the pitching is giving up that many runs, it's not even keeping it competitive for the offense. Right. So it's like, who do you what blame you do? for the first two games? I would say for the pitching, you go 
or for the series you blame pitching. Yeah. Just because at least the offense showed a fun game. Right. You can't say that for the pitching. Yeah. Except for Dennis Santana. Except for Dennis Santana. But um, again, Burns six runs, in four and one third innings pitched, a Cy Young candidate, and you hit him around like it was nothing. But you couldn't hit the slow throwing lefty. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand what's wrong with this team, when it comes to lefties. You have Alonzo, who's a righty, a righty power hitter. You have Marte, who's a righty. You have Nimmo, who hits lefties good, just like McNeil. You have Canna, who's a right-handed hitter. You have Escobar. He's not playing well, but he's a switch hitter, and he hits lefties well. Mm-hmm. What's the issue? Yeah. Like, I was hoping that going to this season, turn a new leaf, you... Start fresh because last year's they last year they really had trouble with lefties, and that's still the same. Mm. I, I know it's you're bringing in the same lineup, so yes, you kind of need to expect it, I mm-hmm. guess. But you have all these hitters who hit lefties well, but then when there's a lefties on the when there's a yeah. lefty on the mound, they just shut down. Like, yeah, I don't understand it. And but that almost begs the question: if you bring up that bait, Brett, bet baby. Brett Beatty. Yeah. I was back in the like, yeah, he, you know what I mean? Beatty's also a lefty. lefty. He he's hit not as well as righties, Jinx, obviously. Huh? Jinx, by the way. Not gold. Mm-hmm. There's no red, there's no blue. That's gold. That's red. That's blue. Anyways. Nick. Yeah. yeah. Beatty's a left lefty. He doesn't hit lefties as well as righty, but he he keeps it competitive. You know, mm-hmm. he can hit off lefties. No. Last year when he came up. Max Freed was pitching in a game in, like, the second game up. He hit a missile off of him. Mm-hmm. who just got – it was just a line out. But he makes hard contact against lefties. And for, from a rookie, someone that young, that's all I want to see. Mm. So he can – he's not going to shut down against lefties. Okay. That's really where I'm getting at. But uh, to get to the actual scoring summary, since there's one to go through, uh, in – Lindor, RBI double, scores Marte. The, then another Lindor, RBI single, scores Marte. Alonzo hits a two-run home run off of Burns. And then, like, an inning or two later, Alonzo again hits another two-run home run. So was Lindor and Alonzo, that... That, this was all off Burns. Okay. They scored all their runs in this game off of Burns. Hmm. But once the, in the, four innings, you said? Four and a third. Okay. So, but once the Brewers got to their bullpen, <laughs> gone. No. And you know... Which side pitcher was the first one out of that bullpen? A righty? No, it was a lefty, and they couldn't score off of it. Overall, I just want to put this in perspective. Alonzo and Lindor in this game, they went five for eight, two home runs, two doubles, six RBI, which was all their runs, and four runs. The rest of the lineup, two for 25, three walks, which was all from Vogelbach, four strikeouts. I'm sorry, just three walks from Vogelback. That maybe yeah. That that was kind of funny. It all those walks were just from Vogelback. Yeah. I will say, this was a much enjoy, much more enjoyable game than the past two. It was a competitive loss. You lost by one run instead of nine and ten. So good job, Mets. You didn't get blown out this time. You know, like that gold shooting star meme. It's like congratulations. Yeah. You did your best. Yeah. Thanks. For better or for worse, 
this offense is going to only go as far as Alonzo and Lindor can take no. them. And that's prevalent today. These guys, I mean, there's a reason. I know RBI is kind of a controversial stat to look at. Hmm. But there is a reason why these two guys had over 100 hmm. RBIs last season. These guys are going to be the ones driving runs in. Mm-hmm. These guys are going to be the mainstays in your lineup. These guys are what's going to drive your lineup. Mm-hmm. Baseball is not a singular man's sport. It's a team sport for a reason. Mm. One man cannot win you a game it, unless yeah. you're Shohei Otani. Yes, then you quite literally Then you quite literally, you can literally can. do it all. Right. Um, no. But no. So this, this offense is going to only go as far as these guys can take it. Mm. I last year obviously I'm going to support my team and their offense was good but they hit a wall in like September going into the playoffs I'm no longer this confident in this Ooh. Mets offense Ooh. Ooh. you can only rely on these two guys for so much Someone needs to step up. Mm-hmm. And if someone doesn't step up, there's kids waiting. That gets into my next thing. Today, Luis Guillorme started third base over Eduardo Escobar. I love Luis Guillorme. He's a great guy, great clubhouse guy. He's not a good hitter. He plays stellar defense. Mm-hmm. Amazing defense. He's a living highlight reel on the field. Mm-hmm. He's not a good hitter. It's the Which s- isn't his fault. That's just not no, his game. No, that's, that's not his game. He's a backup infielder, mm-hmm. defensive replacement. He's going to start a couple games for you, and he'll be serviceable. He's great at his job. Yes. You're already benching Escobar yeah. for Luis Guillorme. I l- love Escobar. And you guys have heard me defend him this entire time, hoping for a bounce back. This says a lot. I feel like there's a lot that goes into this. If you're already going to bench Escobar and you're going to put him into a platoon, you already know what I'm going to say. Yeah. How are you going to – well, first off, before you get into that – how do you platoon a switch hitter? Continue. Right. I mean, he hits lefties better than righties, so. But the whole point of being a switch hitter is that you, you can hit play from both every sides. day because right. you can play against anyone. But if you're putting him into a platoon already, it's time to call Beatty. I, I know he just got hurt. Ho- hopefully he's fine. But if you're already doing this, then what's stopping you? I know you think it's the service time thing. Because why else wouldn't he, he have made the opening day roster? I know. I I don't know. That, that, I that's, don't, that's the only, yeah. like, there is no reason. Beatty and Volpe had the same spring in terms of they did everything they could to prove they could be on the opening day roster. Volpe almost wasn't because they weren't. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, they manipulated service time. It literally took every single person to bully Brian Cashman into not giving, right. to not doing the service time manipulation for him to be on the roster. 
so that's the only reason why I think he wasn't on. He did. Yeah. There was he proved he was ready. There was nothing more he could have done. Yeah. And it's just it's a stupid game that yes. there's no way around it. I know, and it's it's frustrating because I I want to see Escobar succeed. Like, don't take this the wrong way. Like, get rid of him, cut him. I think he can still be useful as a u- utility right-handed DH type, which mm-hmm. I've said from the start. Beatty earned his spot. Escobar lost it. That's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't perform in spring. He didn't play much in the WBC. And when he did, he hit w- one home run. Yeah. Not much going on for him. It's extremely frustrating because you have these kids who maybe not necessarily ready. At least will have like that energy and like yes. that excitement. It something to spark this team. How, how many times do you hear? How many times do you see articles of the old man Mets? How old this team is? This team how needs many some young guys. Home jokes have I made? Exactly. These this team needs some young guys. Bring up Beatty. Bring up Vientos. Mauricio's not there yet. He had two home runs today. He did have two home runs today, but I'm still concerned about his on-base skills. Just on the note. But, yes. Alvarez is lurking. I know you signed Narvaez. I know you have Nito. That's a great word. But Alvarez is lurking. He's there. And he's making it known. He had a home run today, and he... Five men mm-hmm. have tried to steal on Alvarez. Two have been successful. Can I, can I cut you off for a second? Go ahead. When you said lurking, all I could think about is him with one of those like massive trench coats on, a hood over him, and it's just like his face is like blacked out by a shadow, and you just see like two white things of his eyes, yeah. and he's just in like an alleyway like this, just like looking just like, like in the shadow, waiting for his I spot, I just waiting to strike, <laughs> waiting for his opportunity to be a part of this team. I want Escobar to succeed. I'm not saying call call Beatty up now. Obviously, he's hurt, but whatever. The Mets should have a very, very, very short leash with Escobar. If he's not performing by mid to end April, he had his time. I think if he's not performing by the deadline for the extra year. Yeah. And, look, it sucks because he's such a likable guy. Escobar, the person... We are not talking bad about Escobar, the person. No. Let's just say that. Yeah. Escobar, the person, is fantastic. I can't watch the player. He has two hits and 20 at-bats. Small sample size. He's on the interstate. Yeah. But two hits, both singles. He struck out like seven, eight times. Walked once. No extra base hits. He looks... And it, it, it... has to suck for him because mm-hmm. he knows. It, you you would be a fool to think that he doesn't pay attention to this. He knows that Beatty's there, that Beatty's lurking. He knows that more or less his job is on the line. He's walking down the sidewalks. He's looking into the alleys. He's just yeah. seen a bunch of people. And you know when you're walking coats. down like the si- sidewalk late at night like in the city, and you're just and your hair at the back of your neck is kind of standing up. You're kind of looking over your shoulder. That's what Escobar. Escobar. <laughs> and Beatty is that weird guy with a bag chasing you down. And that bag is offensive production. <laughs> but 
And inside I that bag, he has a baseball bat that he's gonna yes, bonk. whack him with. But no, I digress. This lineup needs more than Alonso and Lindor. Uh, McNeil is gonna do his thing. He's that's enough. Actually, it brings up something else I kind of forgot. I feel like all the guys besides today, all the guys who went to the WBC, I feel like are going getting off to slow starts. Mm-hmm. Alonso went. He went. He got two home runs today, but before that, wasn't wasn't really doing anything. Lindor. Didn't he have a, a big home run in Miami? Or am I thinking of someone else? No, he he had a home run in Miami, but it was just like a Blah. you're down two nothing, oh, two nothing. He made it two one. You still lost. Oh yeah, because the jab you. Okay. Yes. Alonzo until today, not much. McNeil, he was in the WBC as well. Not much from McNeil. Escobar, WBC. Not much. So it begs the question of, you know, the season starts, you maybe start off hot, but maybe you cool off May, June. Are they already getting in that funk because they started playing competitive, meaningful games? I don't think so. I have a different argument. First off, let me just say, George Washington, I don't know after the Yankee game. I know going into the Yankee game, he was hitting 400. On the season. We're talking about Trey Turner, by the way. Trey Turner. <laughs> um, that's George Washington to you. Yes. Um, Sorry, Mr. President. I honestly think it's a thing of you go from not playing baseball. You go from spring training, what, a week, two weeks? Right. To playing this just insanely adrenaline-packed baseball. And then to come – it's almost like going from the playoffs into spring training. Right. Like It's almost like the regular season to start out feels like spring training because they didn't have that spring training. So I don't think it's like it's they played competitive baseball. I think that it was just the adrenaline and all that, and you, you know what like I'm saying. The energy isn't there because they kind of yes they did kind of get burnt out, but not necessarily because it was competitive baseball. It was because of the level of what it was. You think because more of the fans to kind of feed off like that energy? Yeah, because like Mike Trout literally said it was the most fun he's had playing baseball. Right. All right. And stuff like you. You know where I'm coming from. That makes going sense. With that? Yeah, but. I don't, I don't want to say it's for everybody because I can't. But just from what I've seen, it does seem like the guys who played in WBC are getting off to slower starts. Mm-hmm. You know, Adovino played in the WBC. He gave up the home run today. Mm-hmm. Um, it may just be the Mets. It it might be because Ac- Torres is off to a fantastic start. We're getting into that. Well, right. he didn't really play, but Acuna, Kyle Tucker, isn't Goldie doing pretty decent? Yeah. So Arenado's like Arenado. actually Arenado's Arenado's iffy. Well, Arenado's always been like one of those like. Let me pull up. Let me pull up his stats real quick, since we're on the topic. Arenado, as of right now. Yeah, no, never mind. I lied. He's hitting three eighteen. Oh man, that so sucks. It might just be, it, it, so. It might just be. It may, I think it may just be like a maybe like. I don't want to say philosophy thing, but kind of how they approach. The right. players come, you know, you know, kind of yeah. where I mean, where they didn't have the right preparation for them coming back, right? Because it seems like everyone else's anything came off to a hotter I'm start, like sure. they kind of kept the momentum in. Yeah, and you know, just because you said like the philosophy type thing, it remind or like a reminder, or it reminded me that the Mets did change hitting coaches because Eric Chavez became the bench coach, so you do have a different hitting coach. Mm-hmm. So. I doubt the philosophy changed that much because Chavez is still on the team. 
but what is this new hitting coach bringing? Like, is he bringing something else that's not working for I them? I feel like hitting coaches just don't matter. Right. I feel like teams will, like, hire and fire hitting coaches, and it literally just doesn't change. It doesn't change. I mean, look at the, the 2021 Mets. They got they got they got into a funk in June. I think even before that they uh fired I forget their hitting coach. They fired their hitting coach and they brought in a new they I think they uh promoted their triple A coach mm-hmm. or one of the minor league hitting coaches. In system guy. Right, in in system guy and nothing changed. It's the, yeah. it's the same thing. So I I don't know what's wrong. The offense today is a good sign. The pitching didn't show up in Game 3. That's the theme of Game 3. The offense showed up. Let me rephrase. Alonzo and Lindor showed up. The pitching did not. <laughs> Peterson did not have a good game. He, All his issues I talked about, this, is the, this, is, this start mm-hmm. is essentially my issues with Peterson. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves to start, but he has the to get... The leash is getting shorter and shorter. And the other thing is, sure, you want to have a short leash on him, you have no one to replace him with because Quintana's out, because Verlander's out, because McGill's already in the rotation. So next up is Joey Lucchese, who's coming off of Tommy John. And doesn't have a real name. And he's off to a slow start in AAA. Mm. So the Mets got commended for their pitching depth. I feel we like each that, day it's We were just... having that debate of like how you said you didn't like the Yankees pitching depth, and I said I didn't like the Mets pitching depth, and now look at like... Right, but with the Mets pitching depth, they have fantastic... On paper, they have fantastic depth. Everybody and their mother got hurt. So did the Yankees. Right, but on paper, I think Peterson's a better pitcher All than... Right, we're, not get, we're not getting... Because it's no? getting sidetracked. This okay, fair enough, fair enough. But another time, we could we could have an argument another time. But that pitching depth is getting thinner. That's where I'm getting at. So and just like the bullpen, the bullpen spots are getting thinner. There's only so many guys you can send down and bring up because you have so many guys injured. Mm-hmm. So and 15 days is a long time to wait. Right, that is a right. long. It's time. two weeks. It's two weeks. So this series was one to forget. Get it out of the way now. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to – I'm not some other Mets fans, you know, on Twitter, like the season's over. It was over two days ago. <laughs> it was over last night. And then back was, on today. It was back on in like the fourth inning. Yes, and then it ended again. But no, Our I Our Manfred really is uh, messing with the rules a lot this year. I know. But um, it's one to forget. Get it out of the way now. Start off slow. I, I guess – the Mets want to look at the Braves and the Phillies, and they want to start off slow and then catch up to them I was going to mention this, too, that you guys always start out so hot right. and then fall off a cliff. This is – because this is always historically what the Yankees do. They start off slow, and they just fucking – Yeah, they just hit another gear, and off they go. Maybe. Again, only time will tell, but I would like to see that. But – uh get into the next series preview uh another one of the fish we already saw so kind of boring not much to say because besides one game 
it's the exact same matchups we just saw. But regardless, um, the home opener tomorrow, or well, by the time you listen to this today, got postponed. So they are playing Friday instead of Thursday. Friday, it will be Tyler McGill versus Edward Cabrera, which we saw five days ago. <laughs> um, the Mets won that game against Cabrera. He did walk six guys. So maybe that control is going to be more fine-tuned. Um, I, I don't know how to feel. Uh, this series completely threw me off. Completely threw me off about the offense. Completely threw me off about the pitching. I think I've seen a lot of people question the postponement of the home opener. Mm. Whether or not it's going to rain that much to where they should have postponed it, I think they kind of took it as a chance to reset. No. Like, either way, even if it's going to drizzle tomorrow, take the day off, reset, hit the cage, look over some video, mm. what went wrong, and go from there. I think it's going to be a good reset day for these guys. And, you know, it's the home opener on Friday, so I hope they come out running. But, um... Game two, which was Saturday, Kodai Senga and Trevor Rogers, same matchup we saw four days ago. Yeah, uh, Senga, I'm uh, really excited to see again. You know, he had a good outing. Uh, hopefully, the nerves are a bit lower. Mm-hmm. We get to see that ghost fork in City Field, so that'll be fun. Um, Trevor Rogers is a lefty, but they did hit him last time. Not so. starting him again this year, this week. Yeah. Not doing it. Told you. But he is a lefty. They hit him last time, so hoping more of the same. And then game three, uh, Carlos Carrasco versus To Be Determined. To Be Determined, fantastic pitcher. This might be a really tough matchup for them. Mm-hmm. But um, no idea who the Marlins are throwing out yet. Um, they might because Johnny Cueto got hurt, so they might have to bring someone up. So not sure who's pitching that game. But Carlos Carrasco, I think. Storyline for him is where where is his velocity going to be at and how long is he going to go out there. Mm-hmm. But um, besides that, again, uh, a series to forget for the Mets. Uh, it was very, very hard to watch these past couple of days. They look completely, completely outplayed. Mm. But I'm hoping tomorrow is a good reset day for them and they come out running at no. City Field. Yeah, just got to hope the home opener, just something there, just right. like – Feed off the energy, just, just something. something to get them rolling. Uh, but rather, besides that, rather second series of the year than last series. Exactly. So, but besides that, that's all I got for Queens. So no, we're about to get into the Bronx, where it's going to be a lot more. Um, a lot more, a lot more upbeat, yes. a lot more fun, a lot more interesting things to talk about. Right, and so. see you guys there. Welcome back to not the Bronx. Uh, not the Bronx. Uh, I just stopped recording, looked at my phone, and a little bit of breaking news, I guess. Francisco Alvarez is joining the team on Friday, just in case you need to activate him. Uh, Omar Narvaez left the last inning of the game because he kind of tweaked his calf. So I guess they're flying down Syracuse, down, yeah, from Syracuse down to the city. Um, so he's going to be there Friday just in case you mm-hmm. need to activate him, just in case Narvaez is going to miss time. But um, if Narvaez misses time like i said this team needs some young blood in the jolt and alvarez might just bring that mm. so just a tidbit to add yes because it literally Making just my happened job harder as the editor 
But um, but yeah. um, now we'll see you in the Bronx. Unless something else happens in this two-minute span. Now entering the Bronx. Hello and welcome to the Bronx. The Bronx. Um, so a lot better, a lot more positive. Yeah. Here than yeah. Queens. The Yankees won their series, uh, two out of three games against the Phillies. Thank you. Um, so at least that helps. Yes. Um, so we'll start off with the Triborough MD injury yeah. update. Um, or the injury update brought to you by the Triborough MD, and nothing really until today like there's no updates on like Radon, Bader, yeah. any of those guys something to note um Donaldson he grounded out when he was running to first kind of like pulled like held his hamstring kind of yeah. like limped one, one of those hop skip and a jump holding your hammy mm-hmm. kind of things and something to note uh I think almost to the state uh in 2021 same thing happened right um same hamstring same that so that could be with him getting older cause for concern um especially he's not hitting well right. so that can be like Maybe that's, that's been bothering he, him. No, I wasn't saying that. Oh. I'm just saying, like, that's oh, – he's already on he a might. short leash. And then Ooh. if – maybe not, like, out of the gate, but, like, when he comes back, his leash is going to be, like – A lot shorter. Like, than he's going to have, like, a week maybe. Right. You, know right. what I, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, not really much on the injury front other than that. Um, did you see the video of Judge and Cashman? I don't believe I did. Oh, my God. This was hysterical. So, it was, I want to say Monday. So, Judge was, they're just taking BP. Judge was, like, waiting. Cashman was talking to him. Judge is, like, talking. But he's getting, like, more and more emphatic. Okay. When he's talking to Judge. He's going, or talking to uh, Cashman. He's going like this, and he's, like, saying stuff. Uh-huh. He's, like, pretty much, like, scream. It looked like you can't hear anything, but it looks right. like he's, like, screaming at Cashman. He's, like, this. Right. And, like, just, like, flailing his arms. And right. it's, like, bro, what What's is- going on? So, like, that's something To be a that, fly like, on the wall. Dude, that is. <laughs> I did see him like playing out of Donaldson. Like, no, I didn't you didn't that. see. You didn't see that. No. I so the, like him and Donaldson were like squaring up, and they were like kind of like pushing each other. Kind of. <laughs> I was That's pretty more funny. That's fun, but yeah, you yeah, know that judging Cashman because we know like interesting. There was kind of something there with right. like Cashman revealing like the offer they made before the season last year. Yeah. And then that maybe a little bad blood. A little bit of bad blood about how he has to deal with Aaron Hicks starting left field. Mm. Um. Uh, another thing is, I want to say it was, what's the name of Joel Sherman and John Heyman's podcast? The show? Joel Sherman and John Heyman's podcast. They were interviewing the... Podcast. the yeah, seriously. <laughs> they were in, I wouldn't be surprised. They were interviewing the Yankees scouting director, okay. who drafted like a lot of guys. Yeah. And um, pretty much something <coughs> that I saw was interesting was the Angels had the 23 pick. When they drafted Mike Trout in 2012. Okay. The Yankees had 25. They wanted to draft. They were going to draft Mike Trout. But they also had. That 23 pick the Angels had. Was a comp pick. From the Yankees. When the Yankees signed Mark Teixeira. So if the Yankees never signed Mark Teixeira. <laughs> Mike Trout, Mike Trout would have been a Yankee. What a shame. That is. I, I just thought that was like a really like. But, that's probably one of the bigger what ifs. I, I just thought that was like a pretty interesting tidbit. Yeah. That I ended no, up definitely. like seeing. Also, how, like, he pretty much, like, I don't remember who it was, but, like, he knew someone who was, like, really close with Volpe's family, and he pretty much, like, convinced Volpe to, like, go to, to sign. Like, sign with the Yankees instead of go to college. Right. 
Um, I thought that was like also like pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, taking um, paying big dividends now. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it for the stories. To start with the first game, it was a eight-one win by the Yankees. The starters were Nestor Cortez versus Ty- Taiwan. Taiwan. Taiwan Walker. Um, just start it. DJ LeMahieu showed the wheels. Started off with a yeah. leadoff triple. Um, Philly's defense. Then Philly's I want to say Stanton got on, or not Stanton, uh, Judge got on base, and Stanton ended up grounding out. DJ came home. Um, then Glaber knocked in Judge to make it 2-0. You're gonna hear his name a lot. Yes, you are. Um, then in the bottom, oh, next line. Then in the bottom of the third, Glaber hit a home run right. to make it three nothing. There you go. Um, top of the fourth, Mendoz Imundo. Imundo Sosa. Imundo Sosa. Hit a base hit to make Telemundo. it, make it a three-one game. Then um, Anthony Rizzo had his patented. I don't know if it's a home run or not. I just gotta wait for the umpire's call because you're like. Mm. Yeah, he's like using using the force to like. Yeah, you're pushing it. Yeah. Um. You know, so that happened. Um, Franchi Cordero, the most interesting man on the planet. He ended up. Oh wait, no, I forgot. Earlier in this game, I think it was an inning or two before. Um, so a ball was hit to him, and was it at home? Yes, it Cordero. Was at home. Oh, yeah, yes, I know yes, the yes, play yes, you're yes. talking about. Yep. And there's a runner on second. The runners rounding third, going home. Cordero just airmails this ball. Trevi- it goes way over Trevino's head, but Nestor is backing up Trevino, and then so Nestor, fr- the runner's like, oh, it didn't get past him. So he starts going back to third. Then Nestor just fires a strike to third. Volpe has this like crazy tag and just PFP. it was such a bad throw that it was good. He used the and wrong just, formula but got the right answer. Yes. <laughs> and don't ask him to show his work. Yeah. Um <laughs> and yeah, that Sanding Glaber score Glaber scored on like that double that I yep. was mentioning. Trevino ended up getting an RBI um to make it eight one. That's pretty much it for the scoring. Yeah. Pretty fun game. Yeah. Nestor, I want to say he gave up one run, about five or six innings. I don't have the line in front of me. Taiwan. 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 Tai. Tai, like, like the Tai. Juan. Ducky Tai Walker. Sure. Ducky Tai Walker. Okay, I'm trolling him right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he gave up about four runs. It was kind of – it kind of had the same trend the Yankees have had all year where they get a guy on the ropes – in the first inning. They make it like a run or two, but they don't knock him out. Yeah. Because one thing, I don't remember if I said it last episode, but I was talking to you about it, is that this Phillies bullpen is so depleted after what happened in Texas. Yeah. They got absolutely boat raced. Yeah, like the Met, the Mets got messed up in Milwaukee. It was it, nothing. Th- there's an argument to be nothing. made that the Phillies were much worse the in Phillies, Texas. N- it's not an argument. <laughs> it's not an argument. It was a lot worse. Fair. Um, so, you know, their bullpen is just shot to be able, he ended up, I think, getting into the fifth inning, right. which to me is like, we see that a lot with the Yankees where they'll get a guy to have like a 30, 40 pitch first inning. And then he just kind of, they let him calm down and go four or five innings where over the long length of a season, that's going to really bite you. Yeah. You could definitely, if you could find a way to pile on, that's going to help them a lot. And definitely. we've already seen that like two or three times right. this season. Just something I noticed, just one yeah. of the, just in case that becomes more of a trend. Right. Game two, the Phillies won four to one. 
um, top of the first, Domingo Herman decided to hang a fastball right down the middle of Schwarber. I didn't know you could hang a fastball until I see Domingo Herman hang, hang a it. fastball to Kyle Schwarber. And he deposits it right into the right field. Yes. Shockingly, one of the biggest power hitters in the game, a fastball right down the middle to Got one of the crushed. best players into the league, or to one of the best parts of the league for a lefty to hit to. Right. Who would have assumed? Um, top of the third, he gives up another home run to a lefty, Brandon Marsh. Um, and then I will say, in the fifth inning, it was one out, one run, one runner on, and Volpe gets an easy double play ball. He kind of like thinks too far ahead. It's like in football where you you a ball's coming, you see the open field in front of you, you pay attention on getting like right. the yards after catch, but then you drop the ball. Yeah, it was kind of like that. He ended up getting the out at second, and then kind of like the wheels fell yeah. off. Yeah. Um. Then they put in Michael King. Michael King ended up giving up, or Domingo got another batter. He, that batter got on. I'm pretty sure he walked or he got a hit, whatever. And then Michael King came in, let up both those runs to make it four nothing. Right. Which just sucks. Yeah. Because you know that's a play Volpe definitely wants back. Right. Yeah. And and he he took accountability he for did, it too, he, he which did I think is. Fantastic for to see for a rookie. A the, the, ma- the maturity there is with all uh, this pressure right. on him. Like, like you said, I think it's one of those things where he went to throw the ball or went to transfer the ball before he had the ball. Just think, just thinking too far. Way ahead. too ahead. Yeah. Um, and then in the ninth inning, DJ LeMahieu hit a home run, and it was like, okay, whatever, it's four-one, but then it got to the point. Where the tying run came up to the plate and Josh Donaldson. Right. I think he ended up striking out, but it's just like something we noted we've seen in the last two losses. Oh no, it was Stan. My bad, Stan. Um, something we've seen in the last two losses is that they had the tying run come up to the plate in the bottom of the ninth. Right. So they don't quit. They don't. And something I've noticed, they've been roasting the ball. Right. Like I remember Stan. He's hit like two or th- like. I would say like three or four balls this series that were just like stand exit velos, 105 plus that just were right to someone. Right. So, a little unlucky, but I think it'll almost regress to the mean soon. Yeah. Where they had, I think, like 14 or 15 walk offs last year. Right. So, they're showing that they're fighting back in these. I think that, especially when you face a team like the Orioles or something with like a really bad pitching. I think it'll definitely regress to the mean. You'll definitely see more there. They'll scrap out a couple more games. I definitely Mm. agree. Um, and so that's really it for that. Um, then game three, it was a four to two Yankees win, but it felt like it was a lot more than that. Right. Like it felt like it was like six nothing win. Right. Um, so first off, Aaron Judge channeled his inner Ricky Henderson. He got a blue pit, then stole second, and then um someone who I haven't really talked about much, Gleyber Torres, knocked yeah. him in. Crazy. Um, and then. <laughs> So, I'm not laughing at Donaldson. Let me just... So, with Donaldson, like, hurting his hammy, IKF came in to play third. Immediately, when he came in, he... It was a tough play, granted, but he threw a ball, and Rizzo just couldn't get it, and a runner... Run, Trey Turner ended up getting the first. Right. The reason why that's funny is because, one, I should mention, I forgot to say this, Garrett Cole was starting. Yep. The reason IKF, what knocked him out, officially the shortstop job, is he made an error in spring training behind Cole. And that was one of those trends that throughout all last season just happened. 
So you finally put him back in when Cole's starting. But what is the first thing he does? Right. I just think Another that that's, error. that's so funny. The ball's always going to find him, just, it seems like. Um, yeah, that. Then, the do, 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 do. in the sixth inning, um, another man I haven't been talking about, Glaber, hits an RBI <laughs> up the middle to knock in DJ to make it 2-0 Yanks. And then something I found funny is he stole second, like, right, right away. Um, then that's it for the offense for then. Then in the top of the seventh, Garrett Cole was about around 100 pitches. Um, he was one out into the sixth inning, had a full count on Nick Castellanos. Then it was kind of one of those, like, weird things where him and Trevino were, like, not on the same page. Cole just kept shaking him off, shaking him off. And he kind of just didn't realize where the pitch clock was. Right. So it was a pitch clock violation. Castellanos got the full, got the first because it was three balls. Right. Um. And then Jonathan Loisica came in, and he ended up giving up that inherited runner, which kind of sucks for Cole. Right. Because if that runner doesn't score, he literally had not given would not have given up a run all year. Right. His ERA is down to or is up to .79. God forbid. Um. The final line on Cole. Was 6.1 innings pitch, three hits, one earned run, three walks, and eight strikeouts. Um, then the other scoring was a Jose Trevino two-run home run in the seventh. Um, I told you this. One of my favorite things about the Yankees is Jose, 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 Jose. Um, then later in the game, who else but Yankee killer Kyle Schwarber hit another home run. Everybody killer at this um, point. I am scared of that man. Oh my. That's pretty much it for the recaps. Just some overall thoughts. I didn't talk about him in the recap because I didn't want to kind of like kick a man when he's down. But right. Aaron Hicks just I, – I I used to hate so much on Aaron Hicks. Yeah. But now I'm at the point where I just feel so bad for the guy. Definitely. His mental health is in the gutters. Like I just – it's at the point where like you start feeling bad for him. Yeah. I think that it would benefit everyone, especially him, if he just somehow was on this team. Yeah. I, you just gotta cut ties. You gotta do like the right thing for the person. Right. At one point. Um. I mean, he's he's made it for. I don't think. Not necessarily acceptable. I don't think it's right to kind of publicly come out and say, "I'm not happy like my playing time." Blah blah. blah. I feel like that's a thing that should stay in house. I agree. But regardless, he did come out and kind of say like you know. I don't really know what my role is. I don't really know, like, what's my place mm-hmm. here. So, like, I think at this point, you have to find a way to cut ties. Yeah. Like, you can have that conversation in-house. Like, that's right. fine. Like, everyone everyone wants to play every single day. Obviously, yeah. So, in-house. That's, that's the like, other thing. The like, media, like, like, I don't know my role. I don't I want to play. Like, you want to play? He ha- he, prove it. Not prove it, but, like. In three games, he doesn't have a hit. Right. Show me that I should play you. Yeah. Give me a reason to play yeah. you. I'm not going to play you because. You're crying. Put about me it. in, coach. Yeah. Like, no, that's. It's the majors. It's not Little League. No. So, again, like, like you, I kind of feel bad for him at this yeah. point. I, he he didn't deserve the, starting, the left field job. He lost the left field job. So, like. IKF started in center over him on the first game of the series. Right. So, it's very telling. What his role is, but only time will tell what they're gonna do with it. I think a better question: Who do you think get cut gets cut when Bader comes back? Hicks or Franchi Cordero? 
probably Cordero. Okay. Just just because Hicks is on a, a yearly contract and Cordero is just a. Okay. Okay. No, I just because I could see if it gets like that bad and Fader has like a setback or something. Right. And it gets so bad with Hicks, I could honestly and Cordero was like the Matt Carpenter last year. Right. I could see them like. Cutting ties. Flat out cutting him. Maybe trading him or something, but like him not cutting times in some way. Mm. Um that's pretty much it. Well the judge captain moment, you saw that too. Yeah. So pretty much Aaron Hicks struck out shocker. And then I literally told Nick this. It sounded like someone doubled the volumes on the microphone in the stadium. Because it the booze just got roared. Insane. And Judge pretty much came up to him, patted him on the back. Kind of like said a joke, made him laugh, like right. lo- land mood. Yeah, and kind of did like one of these, kind of like, hey, come over yeah, here yeah, type great, things. Great moment. Yeah, um, I think that, that's why I judged the captain. Exactly. I um, there was something I was listening to talking to Nick's, and they were interviewing Aaron Boone. Right. And something Boone said that I don't get why he's not being talked enough about. He sees Glaber as a utility player in the lineup. Like. As in, you can slot him in any... Yes. Okay. So far this year, he has bat leadoff, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. In six games, he's played. he's been in five different positions in, in the, batting the batting order. order. I... I don't not like it, but maybe... Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but from a player's perspective... I feel like at one point you kind of want that consistency. I agree. Because like with someone like Marte, he when the Mets signed him, he's never played right field. He was always like a leadoff hitter type guy. So it's said multiple times like, I don't care where you play me or mm-hmm. where you bat me, but keep it consistent. Yeah. If you want to play me in right field, I'm playing right field every day. You want to mm-hmm. bat me second, I want to bat second every mm-hmm. day. So I'm not saying it's the same scenario, but maybe from a player's perspective, maybe eventually you're going to want that consistency. Mm-hmm. But regardless, it's great to have that. Mm-hmm. I think it also – I think it may be a little different because I think Glaber is just happy to be in the lineup. He Fair. does not care where. Fair. Chip on, chip on the shoulder, Glaber does not care about your feelings. Right. Personally, I'm just going to leave it like this quickly for the lineup thing. I like him fifth. I think okay. that's the perfect spot for him. Just with the way the lineup is constructed now, but if you do like Volpe lead off down the road, then maybe like sixth, because right. I still think like Lemayhu above him, just because I Lemayhu is just better. That's not a knock on Torres, but yeah. a healthy Lemayhu is like the second best hitter on this team. Right. And to go into the chip on the shoulder, Glaber. Right. So 2018, 2019, Glaber was so good, and a lot of people believed it was because of the juice balls. There has been some data that may indicate. We're not saying one way or the other. That yeah. may indicate that the Juice Baseballs are back. Right. If Juice Baseballs are back, Glaber Torres is going to go back to his 2018-2019 40-home run self. Right. I just want to say his numbers so far because they're just – he's hitting 421 with a 1.348 OPS. Two home runs, six RBIs, five stolen bases, six walks to two strikeouts. Love that. He has a three walk to strikeout rate. Love that. That is insane. And this, especially if he's starting to steal more bases. With the that, new rules. That brings a whole nother component to his game. Exactly. And I love that. And I think that's another reason, like we were saying earlier, or 
last episode how I was saying trade Peraza. Yeah. The Yankees' best middle infield offensively, Volpe at short, Glaber at second. Defensively, Peraza at short, Glaber at second. There seems to be a common denominator yes, here. Yes, there is. You're not going to start Peraza over Volpe. You're not going to start Peraza over Glaber. Right. I know you were saying earlier, call him up as like a backup infielder if Donaldson does go on the aisle. Yeah. I don't really like that. I just think okay. I'd much rather him be getting at least some sort of at-bats just right. to like Fair. stay hot just in case they actually do yeah. need him to start. No. So I'd rather him. I, f- I fully agree, by the way. My, uh, if you're calling up the kids, you're playing them. That's yeah. kind of my so-so philosophy on mm-hmm. it. I think I, I only said to call them up utility because that's just how it fits. Mm. I guess. Well, but, no, I, I was just like saying yeah. like that's. Um, no, definitely, but you know, if you're calling him up, he probably should be playing. He doesn't, but that's the thing. Like, I would love that. But who are you gonna start him over? Uh, you can't start him over anyone. Like, exactly. Because he doesn't have the positional versatility that like an Oswaldo has, where Oswaldo yeah. could be playing anywhere. He'll Speaking find his way him, in the lineup, though. Mm-hmm. I didn't write much about him, but now I'm remembering it. He just needs to be the starting left fielder. He should start in a position. Every single day. Right. It does not wear primarily in left, but if uh, Rizzo needs an off day, he plays third, Gigi plays second. If Volpe needs an off day, he plays short. If Glaber wants an off day, he goes to second. He should be in the lineup every single day. I do not care if he's that pitcher. He should be in the lineup every single day. I mean, I, hey, he, he said he's, he wants to try out catcher. Yeah. Just, <laughs> he but should no, be definitely. in the lineup every single day. Definitely. He is one of... Three lefties on the roster, and then you have Hicks, who doesn't even count as a baseball player. Right. So it's just um, yeah, no, definitely cameo by Ryan in the background. Say hi, uh, Ryan. Say hi, Ryan. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, as I was saying, all that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, like you said, he has the positional versatility to squeeze his way into the lineup, one way or another. Mm-hmm. So it it. I feel like there's almost no excuse to not and have him. He's just awesome. Lineup. He's so much fun. I know. The he's, mini, the mini Soto shuffle, and just—he's one of those guys that he's happy to be playing the baseball. The shells. I just—I love it. It's great. Though. It's great. Um. And then another point I have is it looks like DJ is back. Yeah. He is something I just want to like really emphasize. DJ LeMahieu in 2019. Was one of the best players, was one of the best hitters in the American League in 2020. I think he should have won the MVP over Jose Abreu. Right. He hit 370 with like a 1.1 OPS. Right. right. He should have won, in my opinion, while playing great defense and the only hitter on the Yankees. I think he should have won the MVP that year. 2021, he had like an oblique, abs, some sort of hernia that he had to get surgery in the offseason to correct. He was playing with that throughout the entire year. Last year, there was a point, a two, three month span, he had a 140 OPS plus. Then he had a toe injury. Right. A healthy DJ LeMahieu is the second best hitter on this team, unless Glaber Torres decided he wants to be Jesus Christ himself. Right. It, it deepens the lineup so much so more. So much. And with, with a lineup, not necessarily built, but with guys like Judge, guys like Stan, Rizzo, who kind of, not necessarily Judge, but Stan, Rizzo, guys like that, Donaldson, even, kind of more power guys, to have mm-hmm. that table setter or to have that guy you can rely to just get a knock mm-hmm. when you need is... Maybe even not a hit, but right. like a walk, because he'll also right. take his walks. Not like yeah. he's like 
not throwing shade to McNeil, but I know yeah. that McNeil, his thing is like he doesn't really walk. He's like very he's aggressive. Get, yeah. But yeah. DJ, he'll be patient and he'll take a walk. Right. Unless it's a position where it's a lot better to get a hit. Then yeah. he'll go more for the hit. Yeah. Um, and I don't have the numbers in front of me because I didn't expect to need them. <laughs> but there was a stat where I think like 60%, 60, 65% of Aaron Judge's home runs last year were solo shots. Right. Because no one was no getting on, on base. base. So for him to get on base, DJ LeMahieu, when he's healthy, is, and this is crazy to say, like a 400 on base guy. Yeah. Like a 390, 400 on base guy. So I just that's so invaluable. I don't think it's gonna be talked enough about in, enough, right. but just when yeah. when the offense starts rolling, if if it hasn't already, we'll come back. You'll look at DJ's numbers and he'll be it'll right in the middle be, of it. It'll be it'll be Judge because it's yeah. Aaron Judge. All right. Um, and then DJ will almost be the guy that's doing all the dirty work that doesn't yeah. get the credit that he really should for being like a main part of it. Yeah. No. Definitely. Then kind of um, that's really all I had for the offense. Moving on to the pitching, and I kind of alluded to this in Queens. Short hair Cole seems to have <laughs> a level of maturity that he did not. Right. Because opening day, he threw four pitch walk to I think it was Lamonte Wade was the leadoff hitter. He settled into that game, ended up going six innings, striking out eleven. Then this game, I didn't see the exact play. Because I was at physical therapy. But I know there was... I know. I, I missed Aaron Nola, <laughs> Derek Hole. Um, but there was a strike three that it should have been strike three, but it wasn't. And Cole got, like, pissed at the umpire or whatever. That is something... I think Tommy texted me about that, too. Mm-hmm. That is something that last year, Derek Hole, in the beginning of the year, would have had a meltdown. Right. He settled in, really should have given up no runs, gave up the one run, whatever. Right. Struck out eight against a team that went to the World Series last year. This Cole, even like the IKF play, there's so many times last year where IKF would bobble a play and he would give up like three or four runs. Right. He was able, in that inning, he was able to get out of it with no harm done. This Cole seems a lot more mature. And if we have a mature Cole, right. I think my Cy Young prediction may be a home run pick. It's looking, it's looking better is, each start, I will say. Because he also seems a lot more like loose. Yeah. Like the thing with like the Nestor... Um, yeah. If you haven't seen that, the Yankees did like kind of a thing when Nestor was starting. It was kind of like, oh, imitate Nestor's windup. And Garrett Cole did a thing where he was pretty much balancing on his right foot, right. leg. Right. He was just for twirling like 15 seconds, like twirling like a ballerina. Right. And it's one of the funniest things. Right. He seems a lot more, not necessarily comfortable, but comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. yeah. That's probably the best way to put um, it. And look. Look, Jacob DeGrom cut his hair, and he won a Cy Young the year after. So, exactly. Hey. Um, so, some other things is Michael King, his velo was a little down. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about that because his velo was fine in spring training. Right. But now it came down. I see some people saying it's an elbow. Boone or King, I forget which one. One of them said that they believe it's mechanical. So, I'm going to give it time on that. Yeah. going to give it, like, another week. Maybe by the next podcast, if his velo is back. I right. don't have to worry about it. But if it's mechanical, that's should be an easy fix. Yeah. Relatively. I'm, I mean, and what surgery did he have last year? Surgery to repair a broken elbow. I don't know the and exact. Bro- it was okay. to repair was a broken elbow. an elbow. So it could still be one of those lingering things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you break a bone, it's not just like, all right, fix, you're good to go. Yeah. There might be some things to linger, and mm-hmm. it might be messing. He could be subconsciously, I like, not necessarily 
but like babying his elbow because he broke it. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily because he wants to, but because his own body that's kind of holding it's him back. It's very hard to go full tilt into doing something after you had a serious injury. Yeah. And something I wanted to just like add on to what you were saying. It is an old wives tale that bones heal back better. They do not. They right. have weak spots and those weak spots can be exploited. Right. Ask my right leg. Hmm. Um, for those that don't know, I broke my leg. Day after I got out of the cast, I broke it again. Right. In third grade. So and it's not necessarily the same thing, but it kind of just made me think of it. So Bryce Harper, you know, he had Tommy John mm. for his arm. So I read something that he had batting practice, but the doctors didn't clear him to slide because they're afraid sliding will rupture his elbow. Mm. So it's just one of those things where, like, you know, it's the elbow. So for King, it might be one of those things where, like, it is a mechanical issue because his body is overcompensating. Because it's a little mental. Right. It's, it might just be a mental thing. Mm-hmm. So I would write it off for time. now. Definitely. I, I would say I said, like, a week earlier, but I just said we'll revisit in a week. Yeah. I think give it a month. Yeah. Because I think people don't realize baseball is, like, 90% mental. Definitely. Especially over long things. So just definitely give him some time. Yeah. The last note I had is, is that the pen overall has looked really good. Yeah. Clay Holmes did not look good in his first outing against the Giants. Right. Today he struck out the side. He looked dominant. He looked like wizard Clay Holmes again. Yeah. Um, he looked really good. He did. So that's really it for all my notes. Looking ahead at this, the series. So like the Mets – the Yankees were going to have a home opener, this time for the Orioles, um, tomorrow. But it ended up getting postponed. So now it's going to be Friday at 3.05. The matchup is Clark Schmidt versus Dean Kramer. Just some stats I have um, for Clark Schmidt versus the Orioles. He is 1-1 one one in 8.2 innings with a 2.08 ERA, 5 strikeout. That's mostly as a reliever. So pretty good numbers yeah. overall. Um, gonna be interesting to see how his cutter does second time to the order because that yeah. was like the whole thing where like the right. first time was, was like the big yeah and yeah right. and then it just got like killed second right. time so maybe he was tipping maybe yeah. he wasn't but I, I don't think it was tipping I think it was no. more just like mechanical not they figured it out okay yeah, yeah, yeah um Dean Kramer that's a real name yes um he is one and three against the Yankees with a twenty in twenty eight not not with it <laughs> no, 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 no. oh okay in okay twenty eight point two innings pitched. With a 5.34 ERA. So not good. Still high. No, no 28. <laughs> but not a 28. 33 strikeouts. I think I remember a lot of people hitting home runs against him. I have right. like a vague recollection of him pitching like three times in Yankee yeah. Stadium last year and just getting like clobbered. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's Orioles pitching. Yeah. That was like one of, when we talked about like the offseason, that was kind of like one of my bigger things. Like obviously I'm a big pitching guy. I'm pretty, yeah. I feel like it's pretty known. Yeah, yeah I know. You know, they probably move back left field for a reason. Yeah. So, just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. I I think they win that game just because the yeah. Yankees, like, own the Orioles, especially right. at, um, what is it called? What stadium? Camden Yards. Camden Yards, yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, so, yeah, I'm predicting that as a win. Game two at Saturday at 7.05. I will not be running the social media account because I will be going to the game in Baltimore. You'll be running it there. We'll oh, get live no, no, reactions. No, 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 I will not be. I'll actually be sitting in the left field that got pushed back. Um, that is, ne- I got lucky. Yeah. Because I'm going to see Nestor Cortez pitch versus right. Cole Irving. 
To put into perspective, I'll read Colt for stats first. Okay. In seven innings pitched, he's let up five runs. Small sample size, whatever. And I think that was when he was with Oakland. Oakland, yeah. Nestor Cortez is 3-0 and against the Orioles. 34 innings pitched, 51 strikeouts. I want you to guess his ERA. It's below one, isn't it? No? Okay. 1.06. 1.06. Wow. In 34 innings pitched. Very nice, Nestor. I remember last Easter, he had an immaculate inning against them. I remember that vividly because I was in the car. I was listening to it. John Sterling made the call. He didn't realize it was an immaculate inning. So I just had to see on Twitter everyone freaking out on immaculate inning. I'm like, wait, John Sterling never said it was an immaculate right. inning. Um, Pick it up, John. I, th- that's, that, <laughs> I think that's a free win. Not free. I'm not saying free win. I'm not saying free win. Book it. Book no, it. No, 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 no. I think that's a game they will most likely win. Um, game three is... Domingo Herman versus the Orioles new uh they just called him up TBD. Um, oh wow. Yeah. Him. So he, he's going from Miami, I mean from City Field to Yes. Yes, yes. I wow. heard it was a thing of they were between him and cash considerations oh. to start the game but they ended up going with TBD cuz yeah. of his track record. No, I know. Um, cash considerations have some pretty high upside though. He does. Though. He does. Look at Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela was traded for cash considerations. Um, Puts it into perspective. Exactly. <laughs> um, so pretty much, since we don't know TBD's numbers versus the Yankees, yeah. Um, Herman's numbers versus the Orioles: six and one in forty-eight point two innings with a two-four ERA and forty-seven strikeouts. All right. Pretty solid. Yeah. His, I will say this: as much as I don't like the guy because he's a horrible person, mm. he looked really good against the Phillies. Yeah. His, I think it was his chain, his curveball was like absolutely disgusting. It struck out like six people. Right. And if he's going to have a good outing, it's, It'll be against the Orioles. it's going to be against the Orioles. Right. So, who knows? I It's always hard to say sweep a series. But Baseball's a crapshoot. <laughs> I, I think if you're going to say a series sweep, it's going to be against be the Orioles. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And speaking of that, I have how many is this? One, two, three, four, five hitters. Stat lines. Okay. Just the Orioles. Aaron Judge in 87 games. Hit th- is hitting 310 and 35 home runs against the Orioles. Glaber Torres in 69 games is hitting 317 with 18 home runs. DJ LeMayhew in 63 games hitting 319 with 6 home runs. Stanton is in 60 games hitting 275 with 10 home runs. Rizzo in 34 games hitting 241 with a low but 8 home runs. Jose Trevino in 21 games is hitting 417 with 3 home runs no against the Orioles. No way. How many home runs? Three. Three? That is... Very good for your catcher. Those are, those are some numbers. Those are some... No- yeah. I mean, don't the Yankees always beat up on the Orioles? I was surprised that Glaber's numbers were not better. I will be right. honest. He'll I'm make a, he'll make them better this weekend. I'm surprised that Glaber and Judge's numbers were, were yeah. 310 and 317. I will, I will say... 35 I, home runs and 18 home runs. Very, very interested to watch how Glaber goes. Perf- performs from here on out. I am. Very... Fair. I will watch his career of great interest. <laughs> Um, for those that do not know, I was such a big Glaber Torres fan. Yes. 2019, favorite player by far. Then 2020 and 2021, that just hurt me so much. Yeah. I believe last year, he had a much better year than people realize. And it's funny, because Eric, if you're watching this, my cousin, I text him, it's a great day to be two of the only Glaber Torres defenders out there. <laughs> because it's like, right. people Pe- gotta realize. People turn on players so quickly. Dude, he is 20. 
26 years old. Right. Calm down. He's been in the league for how long? Yeah, he's been, he hasn't been in the league for that long. People aren't most people aren't gonna be like Julio Rodriguez, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, yeah. where they just judge Alonso, yeah. where they just come up and they're like one of the best players on the game. Right. That does not happen. Labor, well, he did that for a while. You saw that potential. And it was just a thing like injuries, like kind of like getting in his own head. Yeah. But now he's got a chip on his shoulder. He had a whole off season to like really just like hone in. Yeah. Get all the distractions out of his head. I'm pretty sure he became a father somewhat recently. Dad power. So, dad power too. <laughs> I think that he also has shown another level of maturity. Not saying he was immature. Right. You kind of saw like puppy dog eye labor and he kind of yeah. like he wasn't playing well. Kind of pouting. You haven't really seen that at all. Right. He seemed a lot different. There's so many pictures I'm seeing of him in like the dugout, just like yeah. smile, just like so like ah. Again, he he's another one of those guys that start who's starting to look like he's happy to be there and exactly. he's happy to be playing baseball. He did not look like he was happy to be there in 2020 right. and, and or 20. I know these athletes are getting paid millions. They're still people. It's still a game as much as as much as we're invested in it. It's yes. still a game, so it's important to have fun. Yes. It's like you said earlier, baseball is a very mental game. So if you're in your own head, you're mm. going to perform worse. Yogi Berra said 90% mental, 50% physical. Do the math yourself. That equals 100. I checked. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> but no, he's, he looks great. He looks mm. great. Yeah, so. so that's pretty much it. Um, I got yeah. be looking forward to these series. Definitely looking forward to, su- to Saturday, yeah. going to the game. Um, if they sit Anthony Volpe, I will be um, very sad. Mad. Very we'll, schmad. We'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say things that will get this podcast taken down, so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much about it. Um, Nick's funeral will be tomorrow. Yes. Um, my my getting sympathy from everyone will be the next day. Um, yeah, that's pretty much about it. But yeah, um, I yeah. I need so, a new roommate for next year now. Um, <laughs> again, no Manhattan, so we'll end it here. Uh. Hoping for a Mets bounce back. I'm not. Obviously. <laughs> Yankees are going to continue rolling, but um, thank you for watching and listening. Mm. Remember to subscribe, follow us on social media. Like, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. Ring that doorbell so you never miss an episode. Oh, Rate God. us on Spotify. Follow us on all the social media. And see you guys then. See you next time.